I'm Junie Felix, and this is Moving Forward, Tiny Habits for Successful Soul Care. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope and pray that we can encourage one another to walk by faith and to live out of love instead of fear more and more every single day. Do you believe in accidents in matters of love? Or maybe you're more attracted to the idea of providence. Is chance a factor that has to be considered? What about fate? These are deep questions, I know, but they all came to mind for me recently after a conversation, a panel discussion, really, about love and relationships. We had a great Q&A over the Zoom. You can check out the link on my website if you would like to catch the recast of that. But one of the pastors said that to choose to be in a committed relationship with one person when there's billions of people on the planet is one of the most romantic ideas there is. And I agree with that. But I also think the deciding factors, the secret of true love, if you will, are choice, integrity, and loyalty. These are fuel for the fires of true love and maybe even romance. One of the best things about the conversation about love and relationships was the honest discussion of how very, very little, I mean, tiny little specs that the Bible has to say about romantic love that so many of us hope to experience in our lifetimes. I mean, you really have to take dramatic license to find romance in the Bible. Even the so-called romance book of the Bible, the Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, is highly sexual. Yeah, and you know, there's some romantic language in there. But if Solomon did write it, the record shows in 1 Kings chapter 11 that he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. There is no way the woman in the Song of Songs could have believed that she was the love of his life. Now, come on now. I don't even know how he kept up with the names of all those women. It seems like it would be like, uh, have you seen Horton Hears a Who? Where everyone gets one minute with dad at the dinner table. And even that would not have been enough for wise King Solomon. So I learned pretty early on in my studies, my biblical studies about how you're really just not really spending your time well if you're looking for romance tips in the Bible. It's not there, at least not directly. It's pretty much non-existent as a concept in the scriptures. But there's plenty in the scriptures about God's love and how above all else, faith, hope, and love remain. And the greatest of these is love, as it says in the famous well-quoted at weddings verse from 1 Corinthians 13. Maybe you've heard this passage or seen parts of it somewhere, probably at a wedding. But the scripture says love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking. There's a big one there, that self-seeking, self-interest component. It's not there with real love. It's not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices, even celebrates. That's one of my favorite words as a behavior designer. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices, celebrates the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That's verses 4 through 9, 1 Corinthians 13. Philosophers have discussed and debated the question, why do we love, almost since the dawn of humanity? But really, I don't think it's that complicated. 
We love because we are made by love. We are creatures created by a creator who is love. He's the definition of it. And that's why he's the source. He's even more than the definition of love. We're so limited by our language capacity as, as creatures, but all real love comes from God. That's why we can't help ourselves. And we feel that we're in love all the time. And every time we see or experience something or someone who captures our attention, quiets our fears, that's a big one, or affirms our worth. And we see this in action every day on social media. But sometimes these things and people, they aren't really what's best for us. The novelty fades. So or, we, you know, it becomes unhealthy. So we switch our focus to something or someone else and we start all over again. Oh, goodness gracious. So why do we love? Why all the romance? That's a very important question. By definition, romance is the feeling of excitement and mystery that keeps us occupied with the idea and the experience of true and romantic love. When I think of those two words, excitement and mystery, I think of God first. And that's something that is really valuable when it comes to successful soul care. I was blessed some years ago to be a part of a dramatic radio series called Portraits of Hope. I was working in collaboration. It was a Transworld Radio and the Jesus Film Crew, inspired by a film they created called Magdalena, Through Her Eyes. Now, Portraits of Hope was created as a radio series, dramatic series, to help women in 61 countries to design their love relationships, successful love relationships with God. It was so fun to interview and research these other cultures, I even had a dear friend in us who is a partner in an arranged marriage. Many of these women in these different nations were partners in arranged marriages, and they were waiting to see who their parents would choose for them to marry, or they were already in the arranged marriage. Romance hardly mattered at first and even throughout for some of these women, sadly. But romance hardly mattered. So the excitement and mystery of who they would marry ended for many on the wedding night. And that's why integrity, loyalty, and choice make all the difference. Tiny choices. Without these components, any and every relationship, arranged or not, like most of ours here in the United States, without integrity, loyalty, and tiny, continual decisions, choices, the love dissolves and self-interest and self-seeking takes over. And this is why I believe there's not much romance in the Bible, but there is plenty, so much, almost I'm just going to say all of it, about living a completely immersed, committed life with God first and always. Jesus called it discipleship. That's what he calls it. It's abundant life abiding in his love. The chief love relationship needs to be with our creator, who is love. We have to choose God first. As Jesus said, love the Lord with heart, soul, mind, and strength. God first, on a tiny moment-by-moment -moment basis. Another popular scripture in the book of Proverbs says, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he will direct your path. So this is a moment-by-moment, nanosecond-by-nanosecond acknowledgement to be committed to that love because that's what overflows into a life of love. That decision creates integrity and loyalty and overflows the real love of God into every other area of your life.
If you choose to love God first, the excitement and mystery that happens in relationship with him generates tiny behaviors that make you incrementally likable, lovable, and loving in everyday life. It all comes down to the soul care super tiny habit of celebration in love. So the secret to true love really isn't a secret at all. As we celebrate God, also called worship, the tiny love celebration creates a ripple and the ripple creates waves and eventually a global love tsunami. (laughs) It's those tiny little loving decisions, celebration decisions that changes our world for good one tiny choice at a time. Life, you know, life is hard because love is hard for us. Without putting God first, because the work involved in celebrating and honoring another human being, affirming their worth at every opportunity, it takes a lot of effort once the novelty of the new relationship wears off. To make someone else's best interest your priority and factor their feelings into your daily decisions over and over again, that's work for us, but not for God. And he does this perfectly toward you and me every second of the day because it is who he is. There's that integrity component. Jesus really is the only eternal soul mate. All the definitions of love that list in 1 Corinthians 13, that's Jesus. He is good. He is faithful. He's true. He'll never, ever abandon you or let you down. He is your soulmate and mine. He can't do these things. Even when we are faithless, the scripture says, he is faithful because he cannot betray himself like you and I often do. You can check that out in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. Self-betrayal is a big problem in love relationships. But if you and I take time every day, all throughout the day, to acknowledge and celebrate the fact that God loves you with an everlasting love, which is an act of self-care, to acknowledge that and celebrate that, that's self-care inspired by his love, you will overflow that kind of grace and love and patience and compassion to others. The secret to true and lasting joyful relationships, because it is all about the joy, Joy is the business of heaven, as C.S. Lewis put it. Just as Jesus taught, love the Lord, your God, with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor, partner, spouse, friend, colleague, child, sibling, or parent as you love yourself. Delight yourself in the Lord. Celebrate God with a pure, committed, undivided heart countless times a day. And let that excitement and mystery change you incrementally to be more and more like Jesus. And you will find your life increasingly filled with true love that does no harm as you worship the only one who's worthy. Well, thank you so much for keeping me company for a little while today. For more encouraging resources, including show notes, the link to the discussion, the panel discussion that I mentioned is there on the website as well. There's also favorite quotes, free downloads and show notes, live chat links and so much more please stop by juniefelix.com again that's juniefelix.com and the conversation the panel discussion on love and relationships will be available for the next week there on the website so i do hope you'll stop by juniefelix.com and there you can also receive updates on my soon coming release with my publisher navpress actually we're at the point where you can actually pre-order celebrate so excited it's called you are worth the work Moving forward from trauma to faith.